a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, <laughs> wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism. <laughs> and it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. So, uh, you guys put mega, mega crunch. crunch on the song. That would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word. Pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Table Talk Radio, putting labor pains in perspective. <laughs> hey, what's that happening? Any day now? I don't know. Tomorrow? I'm just, I'm just sitting around, tomorrow? twiddling my thumbs, waiting for the call, and... Nothing's happening, so I'm yeah. starting to wonder if she's really been pregnant all this time. <laughs> <laughs> I better edit that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anybody wants to be my new co-host, please apply this week. <laughs> Evan suddenly found dead in his house. I, guess, I don't know what happened. I think it's a pretty safe place to make remarks like that. I mean, the likelihood of her finding out about a joke like that is pretty slim. So I think I'm on, I'm, I'm pretty good. Table Talk Radio, making public things private. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, Mention it here. Nobody, that's like if there's something that I want to announce to the church but I don't want anybody to know about, I put it in the newsletter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's where the secrets and, are. And if you want to make something public that is somewhat private, you just tell certain people like, hey, don't tell anyone this, but... And that's then, right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't and then tell everybody you everybody knows. <laughs> well, can you believe it that after all of the... Uh, bumper sticker theology we've done after all the uh, church sign theology we've done, people are still putting up church signs and manufacturing bumper stickers that do not comply with orthodoxy. Can you believe that? Uh, no. I mean, I thought we would have done it all after 50 years of doing this or however long we've been doing you it. You would think that every single bumper sticker that possibly has any worldview matter to discuss would have been discussed on this show by now. But no, we continue and we'll continue today with a marathon of church signs and bumper stickers. All right. That sounds like fun. What are you eating over there? And by fun, I mean agonizing. <laughs> uh, well, let's start with some buzzwords. You got a buzzword, Pastor? Giving birth to hilarity. Oh, I forgot. How long have we been doing this? And I forgot about the buzzword. Oh, I got a buzzword. I was just on issues, etc. cetera. I was talking about Job. Remember the issues, etc. It's great. Job is a a name uh, who's uh, is of a prophet of the Old Testament who knew that he was right. Here's the big thing about Job. Job, the Job is not just a how do you deal with suffering thing. Job is a question of how do I know that God loves me. In other words, it's a question of the forgiveness of sins, of the righteousness of Christ. And Job knows it from the voice of the sacrifice. Remember remember this, Evan, when Job's kids would sin? Or he thought they might have sinned, he would go and offer a sacrifice for them? Remember that part? Yes. 
that is key to the book because Job knew that the gospel was preached in the sacrifice. And now the friends come along and tempt Job to think that he can learn about how God thinks about him from all the bad stuff that's happening to him. No, wrong. You learn it from the sacrifice. And what happens at the end of the book? God says to those friends, go and make let Job make a sacrifice, and then you also can be righteous. Absolutely stunning. Stunning. All right. So what's your best word again? Job. 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 Look, you right. and I, if you say job, it doesn't count. What? Come on. Man, we're getting pretty picky with these buzzwords mm-hmm. now. Okay. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. theological buzzword for you is liturgy. Liturgy. Okay. Now, uh, technically, I think the word liturgy comes from liturgia, which means uh, service or no order. What does it mean? Liturgia. Service. It's service. it's an interesting thing. It's got a it's got a Latin sense to it, and then it has a, a Hebrew sense to it. So uh, in the Latin, it just meant paying your taxes. Like if you were a landowner and you had a road that went through, you had to fix the road. That's liturgia, liturgia. But then, the, for the Hebrew, that's what they use it for the ministry of the priests in the temple. Hey, how come? How did you trick me into defining your own buzzword? <laughs> ah, well done. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, but I, the thing that interests me about the liturgy, particularly as uh, we look at the common service, uh, is the ancient texts that were used in the service. So you think about. I mean, this is how I think a lot of people. Uh, understand church to come about that you have like the apostles in the upper room and they got their uh, they got their word processor there and they're like hey let's come up with a really rocking liturgy and the disciples are typing up and they go no, no no let's try this and so they they it's like the original creative worship and then it just is the one everybody's stuck with and they never want to change it but actually the way it is is that uh, the very first Christians are going to worship in the way they know worship to be as uh, as as, uh, as Jews. And so they don't go to the the temple to, to say, we're going to use this rite or liturgy as our service. Uh, they don't go uh, to, what else would they go to? Uh, but they go to the synagogue <laughs> where the word is read. And so this is the place where um, they, they, they use a uh, a, a service of the word that is, as has always been there, and they adapt it for a Christian understanding. So what fascinates me is that there's certain texts they decided, look, this is a song we're going to sing from the sacred text at this part of the service because it means something. So one example would be um, Isaiah 6 in the Sanctus, holy, holy, holy. And you look at what's going on in Isaiah 6, and, and uh, uh, Isaiah is unwilling to, uh, to come near because he's now ga- gazed upon this holy Lord and says, I'm a man of unclean lips. And so the, the seraph, who is an angel, cannot touch the hot coal. So he takes tongs <laughs> and takes hot coal from the uh, from the incense altar and touches it to Isaiah's lips and says uh, uh, that you are you are now clean. Um, and so the this is the text. This is the context in which the first Christian said, "Look, we're coming up to the Lord's table, and what is going to be upon our lips is the very body and blood of Christ, and this is for the forgiveness of sins. And in this, we are made holy. So we are going to sing with Isaiah, holy, 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 right here at this moment in this service. And uh, that's just one example of many texts that the first Christians used." to uh, worship the Lord. So I think that's pretty amazing, and I think it's great to uh, continue that on in our worship today. So liturgy. 
You would. Is your concise uh, buzzword <laughs> that doesn't take forever to explain. All right, we're going to dive Got into it. some uh, some buzzwords, some church signs. If you have a buzzword or church, or no, sorry, one way saying a church sign or bumper sticker is what we're doing. And if you have a church sign or bumper sticker to report to us, you can call toll free one eight hundred three eight five SOLA. And here's the first one uh, for your consideration. Nope, play. Hi, this is David from Arkansas, driving through uh, St. Louis, Missouri, and saw a church sign that says. Jesus changes grave situation. Okay, Jesus, Jesus changes, changes grave situation. Grave situation? Mm-hmm. Is that how that went? Yep. Huh. So this huh. is going into the category of uh, church sign pun. Right. So that is true. Uh, hopefully, do you think it's an Easter sign? Is that what this thing said? Oh, that that timing would be about right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's been a few months. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, yes, so th- I think that's right. That's uh, we would have to um, uh, say that Jesus did change a grave situation uh, by coming out of it. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know did what else wait, to say about did this you, bumper sticker. Did you waste all your insight on other radio shows today? Uh, what? What? You didn't think that my insight that Jesus did change a grave situation was not profound? Are you not surprised very, by the resurrection? Very insightful. Mm. No. Maybe I did. It could be. It's. It's a. I mean, let the listener decide. If I've wasted all of my what radio? I normally we do table talk first, you know, because I want all my prime thoughts to be heard by table talk radio listeners. Oh, I thought you did it first to get your cobwebs out, and then it, you're kind of. Warms you up for the other shows that you do. Monday, Monday's you a media frenzy for you, isn't it? I know. Five YouTube videos, three radio shows, one bad church sign. <laughs> All right. So this is going under the category of pun in which, of course, grave would be a I mean, serious point, situation. What do you, I, this is, I mean, what is our reaction to the punny church sign every time? Is What do people ex- – like, what is the – what is the expectation of the church sign presenter? I mean, God bless them. Probably some guy is thinking, ah, people will drive by, they'll smile, maybe it'll make them think a little bit. And maybe that's all you can ask for with a church sign. You know, I mean, maybe that's enough. Well, I think probably, I don't know when when punny church signs started uh, 20 years ago or something like that. But I, I suppose people got to work and said, man, did you see that Baptist church on the way to work? That was hilarious. But that, again, was probably the extent of what happened, just people talking about the church a little bit. I don't think anyone's breaking down the door to the church saying, man, I could not wait till Sunday rolled around because I saw your church sign and it was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, do, is that how it works? Like dying yeah, to get to church. Presumably. The church sign is amazing. I pick my church sign. I pick my church because of the church sign. All right. That's right. Well, well, nobody picks that at hope, by the way. But no, it's probably you know that's probably what skews my view of the church sign. It's because you have it's no just, church have sign had creativity. A church sign, like other churches, have obviously had wild success. Right. We'll be right back. Talk Radio. So exciting, you won't notice. 
I save all the good stuff for grappling with the text, a little video Bible study that you can find at worldvieweverlasting.com. More church signs and bumper stickers coming your way on Table Talk Radio. Of course, if you have a church sign If I look on the Trello board, would I see what you're looking at here? Yeah, you would. Did you line these up? I sure did. Uh, Under the church sign bumper sticker uh, list there. So, grave situations is done. All right, now we're going to go to another church sign, uh, which I did not write anything, any comment about. (laughs) Here's the next church sign. Hello, I've got the church sign for you. This is in the Sturton, Wisconsin. Good Shepherd by the Lake, Lutheran Church. Grace Factory Outlet. It seems to me that the grace is free from Jesus Christ himself. Why are they selling it? Okay, I think I had to listen to this about 20 times to, to translate it, but... I think what it said from was Norwegian. It sounds like the <laughs> Swedish cook from the Muppets called up. Remember that guy? Horna 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 horna. I didn't know the, the Swedish church... cook, Swedish chef listened to us. Oh yeah, it's our listener. What, what you... uh, so the church sign, I believe, said uh, Grace uh, Factory Outlet. Grace Factory Outlet. Yeah. So the question yeah. is, if, great, you can buy, you can get Grace in bulk over here. Aha. Uh-huh. So I mean, it and then he, the, he does point the out Swedish the irony. Said, yeah, the Swedish chef said, uh, if Grace is free, why are they selling it? <laughs> that, that is a little ironic. Um, yeah, that, that that sort of reminds me uh, something that the Doctor Luther said when uh, he said, "Look, if." If the Pope can release souls from purgatory, he ought to do it just out of uh, what Christian love rather than uh, out of the payment of certain indulgences. I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine someone actually having the authority to spring souls from purgatory? And you go, hey, look, my grandma needs to be out of purgatory and into heaven. And this person, be it the Pope or whoever, says, look, I can do that for you, but I'm going to need some money. I, I'm building a super awesome church, and unless I can get some assistance in building the super awesome church, I'm not springing grandma from purgatory. Yeah, they were bu- busy building the Grace Factory outlet in in Rome. <laughs> right, right. Huh. I mean, that is something that that Rome does see grace as a substance to be bought and sold, and you can, and that's what the plenary indulgence was. You get grace in bulk. You know, it's not just. You get like twenty years out of purgatory. You get the whole time out of purgatory. It's a, it's the the whole business. Everything left is all taken care of. Right. Huh. So, I mean, should it surprise us that was this on a Lutheran church? You remember what it said? Grace fact. And think about this: a factory is where you make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know? not only are they selling it, but they're making it. Yeah, they're we manufacture grace. <laughs> That seems, yeah. I wonder what 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 was the? Okay, this is sometimes something I consider when I see a really bad commercial. So I, I picture a boardroom, and in this boardroom, there are certain executives saying, "I got an idea for a commercial." But in this case, there's a church council room, and someone says, "Here's an idea for a church sign. Why don't we put on our sign, Grace Factory Outlet?" Huh? Good, good. What do you think? 
And people kicked us around and said, you know, I think that's really communicating what we're trying to get across. Yeah, let's put that on the sign. Hmm. And yeah, I, that's right. It's you know that's one of the problems with doing things in committee is then nobody's responsible. So someone drives <laughs> by and they're like, "Hey, those those meanies on Table Talk Radio are making fun of our church sign. Like, Who did it? Oh, not me. It was a church sign committee. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> you diffuse responsibility. All right, I want to see the and minutes. We who made better the go motion. check the minutes. See who made. The, yeah, that's right. <laughs> who seconded this motion? I didn't know we were going to say Grace Factory Outlet, and we were going to be teaching the Catholic view of uh, infused grace and and mistake the the uh, doctrine of redemption for selling and buying the Lord's mercy. Who did this? Well, we'll bring it up at the next committee meeting. Uh, right. All right, here's uh, get your pen and paper ready because next are three bumper stickers in uh, rapid order. So here they are. Hi, this right. is David in Arkansas. I've got uh, three bumper stickers for you, all on the back of the same vehicle, a Honda Civic Hybrid. The first one, I'm for the separation of church and hate. The second one, never have so many, or I'm sorry, never have so few taken so much from so many for so long. I really had to tailgate to get that one. <laughs> and then if you love Social Security, Medicare, and VA, as in like Veterans uh, Affairs, uh, hug a Democrat. Okay. Did you get all those? Yeah. I'm for the separation of church and hate. Never have so few gotten so much from so little for so long for so much in so little time. And then, if you love Social Security, Medicare, and VA, hug a Democrat. I wonder what this person's politics are. <laughs> I'm just amazed they're driving a hybrid. I would have expected that on the back of a, a lifted Hummer 4x4. Yeah, that's that bright red uh, convertible. That That's the vehicle I would expect these stickers on. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I the, the thing we should talk about is, I mean, uh, so let the let the redistribution of wealth things sit to the side. The kind of the this great argument of the of the Marxists in bumper sticker two and three, and let's just. I think the interesting theological one is this first one. I'm for the separation of church and hate. Um, what do you think is going on there? Uh, so obviously it's a pun off of the separation between church and state, but in this case they're saying uh, the source of hatred comes from uh, religion or the church. So um, if people if people weren't religiously motivated, they wouldn't be hating each other, uh, which is a little ironic, um, given that the church exists to call people to repentance for sin, namely uh, sin of the fifth commandment: "You shall not murder." Anyone who's hated in their heart has uh, committed murder already. Uh, but this is usually, that's ignored, that call to repentance and forgiveness for uh, the sin of hatred. That's ignored. But what is uh, pointed out is when someone says, hey, it's a sin to abort your babies. Or it's a sin to uh, uh, give in to homosexual desires. Uh, now the church is being hateful because they're not loving everybody. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, so 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 the hate that is being condemned here is 
uh, what is uh, uh, how would you say it? It's not the um, uh, it's not actually the hatred of someone in your heart. It's simply uh, it's it's simply saying that hey, someone is might have sinned and done something wrong. That's the kind of hate that you're after. Mm-hmm. Is that is that right? Do I yeah. get it? Right, right, right. I mean, so hmm, hmm, that is very interesting to me, uh, because you know God is love, and we are called to love, and like you said, Jesus has forbidden us to hate, and we so we we walk around you know dying for the faith and and being the off scourge of the world and being in in every place uh, rejected, and and yet this is. This is somehow called hatred by the world when we say, "Hey, a, ma- a man's a man." That's that's hate. That's hate speech, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Hmm. hmm. Hate speech. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a hateful bumper sticker, don't you think? Well, that's just it. It's. I mean, it's, it's always the kind of the great irony is that people say things like, "There is no absolute truth." Or, who are you to judge me? You're a real jerk. I mean, it's like the irony is self-contained. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no absolute truth is an absolute truth statement. And you're, no judging me, you're a jerk, is a fantastic judgment. And uh, I'm for the separation of church and hate is saying that that you that I hate hate. But but to, see here's the here's the thing. You remember there's this there's there there's the liberal trifecta, the the liberal meta narrative, and it goes something like this: there is a, there is the oppressed, and there is the oppressor, and then there's the rescuer, mostly mm-hmm. the government. Mm-hmm. And um, if you are, if you are the oppressor using violence against the oppressed, that that's the great scandal. And any sort of power or coercion or or violence or whatever can be used by the deliverer to rescue the oppressed from the oppressor. Mm-hmm. So if you can identify who the oppressor is, then you can use then then it's no holds bar, you can do whatever it is, you could bring whatever violence you want to them to deliver to, to deliver the oppressed. You see what I mean? So there you can get away with all sorts of stuff on purpose. You know, you can you you can call someone an oppressive bigot who you think is an oppressive bigot because you are setting people free from their oppressive bigotry and it doesn't matter then that you can that you are also insulting them and treating them with oppression and bigotry it doesn't matter because you're rescuing you're on the you, if you are the rescuer you you are free from all moral scruples so in this case the oppressor is the church the oppressed would be anyone who um has been called out for their sin, I suppose, and the rescuer is a, a Prius owner. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're saving the world. Look at you, uh, saving the world. You know, owning that owning a Prius is a a perfect example of a uh, of the revenge of the conscience. So you know, I mean, we all know what's right and what's wrong, but you you can suppress that knowledge of the truth, and then what happens is you get guilt in all the wrong places. It's like the it's like the sticker on the Taco Bell window. I'll explain that more later. Oh, you got me hooked. I wasn't going to listen after this, but now I'm going to. All right, we're back. Table Talk Radio.
Mystic is crying. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. So I've kicked up the Wolfmuller One YouTube channel, and I was talking to Daniel, my expert YouTube advisor, about it, who said, Dad, your stuff is really bad. I know, Daniel, I know. But look, I have 4,006 uh, for watch time, and to monetize on YouTube, you got to have 4,000 hours. And I, I look, I said, look, 4,006. And Daniel says, Dad, you have 4,006 minutes, not hours. <laughs> anyway, if you want to see what we're up to over on YouTube, you can visit YouTube, search for Wolfmuller. Wolfmuller1 is the channel name. See you there. I was tracking with you for a while. You were talking about how the Prius driver who is saving the planet is suppressing their conscience. So they would normally know that other things, moral, real moral things, would be sinful. So that, you know, uh, being married to someone of the same sex or something like this, that's, you know, sinful. But I ease my conscience in that I've. I've uh, lowered my carbon footprint or something like this. But what what did you say about the Taco Bell sticker that I'm supposed to get? So this is obvious. This is an obvious metaphor for the conscience. I don't I, I don't even know why I have to explain this to you. I'm a little bit embarrassed. For, for those of us who aren't there, you know, just help us no, out. No, the listeners are thinking, Evan, how do you not understand the Taco Bell sticker? Right, help me out. As an illustration of the conscience. I mean, they're a little bit embarrassed for you, too. You know, I, I know. Anyhow, I'll explain okay. it. The uh, if you go to the Taco Bell, they like to have in the window the big stickers, like you know, four chalupas for thirty cents or whatever, and they put those big stickers on the window. But there's these big plastic things, and when they put it on the window, there's always like an air bubble there, and you can hardly help. I let me speak for myself. I can hardly help but thinking I need to get the air bubble out of there. You know, I got to go and squeeze <laughs> it so that. It presses over. Now, you got to think of the air bubble like trouble in your conscience. So say you're a thief. That air bubble shows up on the seventh commandment part of your conscience that says you shall not steal. But if you suppress that long enough, it's like you're pushing the air bubble over and it's going to go to something else. And so I remember someone telling me a story that a pastor, uh, he met the guy and this guy was going through this midlife crisis. And he's doing, and so he starts to do all this crazy stuff, including he goes and he's he's being unfaithful to his wife, he's committing adultery, horrible. And but to make himself feel better, he goes and he buys a Prius. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's doing something good for the environment. You see, so that you're so that you're able to offset the trouble of the conscience by doing a, a false good work. It's so a it's the classic Taco Bell window sticker strategy. Somehow, I don't think we're going to get Toyota as a sponsor. I just Taco Bell maybe, but Toyota probably not. Look at how relevant we are. <laughs> what other radio shows talk about? That's, that's what we are. How the Prius is a Taco Bell sticker sign of the bad conscience. Right. Yeah, we're relevant. That's what we're relevant. About. All right. Hashtag here, relevant. Here's a church sign you're going to love, and by love, okay, I mean not so much. <laughs> Hey, guys, this is Ken from Nashville, Tennessee. I just went past uh, United Methodist Church, and they said you, ha- you can't exercise your faith sitting in a pew. Okay. Have so a good really, day. 
All right, so that <laughs> you can't exercise can, how, your faith. Can, can you drop that? You drop that church sign on us, and then you say, "Have a good day." Yeah, yeah, right. The, the appropriate, That's like our listeners know how to push our buttons. Yeah, the appropriate sign off on that call was, "Sorry to ruin your day." Would that have been probably more? The, the appropriate, appropriate is is mic drop. Boom. <laughs> yeah, deal true. with that, sucker. Yeah. <laughs> now, th- th- before we get into the actual matter of faith as sitting in the pew. I'm wondering about the wisdom of coming up with a message for your church sign that would get people supposedly to come in the door and maybe sit down. And then coming up with a sign that says, you can't exercise your faith sitting in the pew. Because if I read that, I'm definitely not going to go in there because I I can't exercise my faith in there. I'm going to go somewhere else. That's right. I was even thinking about going to that church and the church sign told me I shouldn't. Unless, do you think that they just got rid of their pews for some brand new chair seating, and they're trying well, to yeah, say or like stationary bikes? <laughs> yeah, right. We I, did, I we, knew a United Church that used to have the uh, Faither size. Remember the Faither size? Oh yeah, yeah. So you're doing like spinning classes during a sermon or something? That's right. <laughs> that's how to exercise your faith. <laughs> that's I remember it. this that's particular Methodist church, and they had the, and they uh, they had a sign when you came in that says everybody is welcome to our church, everybody is welcome welcome to come to worship, everybody is welcome to come to communion with us, and then after you've been instruction instructed, then you can be baptized. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute! So they have open communion and closed baptism. How about that for rude? <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to go to the pastor and say, what do you mean I can't be baptized unless I'm instructed? What kind of Mean-spirited, bigoted, closed-minded cult club uh, is this over here? Are you saying I'm not a Christian? Et cetera, et cetera. That's what I wanted to say. But I never did. I couldn't find the lady. Now, I I, I think what uh, this church sign is trying to say is that the exercise of your faith doesn't happen when you're uh, sitting in church, listening to the Word of God read, listening to a sermon— uh, is this is this actually what the church sign is trying to say? I think so, and I don't know what then would be the exercise of faith. Probably going out feeding and the hungry or something. Yeah, yeah, feeding the hungry, social justice stuff. But that seems like the exercise of love to me. The exercise of faith is precisely believing God's word whenever we hear it. Especially, I mean, I'd say we probably exercise our faith most, especially when it's time to die, when it's time to be at the deathbed of our loved ones when it's time to suffer that's when our faith is really exercised when we when it's when we're believing in in spite of what we see but it's whenever god talks to us when we when we believe that word that we are exercising faith that's what that's what faith is hearing this is why when jesus describes his church he says that the church are the sheep uh, who hear my voice my sheep hear my voice and they follow me uh, that the chief the chief work of the Christian is to listen to God's word, but that's but the United Methodist Church stopped caring about what God's word said a century ago. I mean they they haven't had a clear statement of anything true to believe in for generations. So I can see that it's true. I mean, you can't exercise your faith by going and sitting in the faith of the United Methodist Church, but you can <laughs> exercise your faith by sitting in the pews of a church where God's word is preached. In fact, that is the exercise of faith. That is the act. The chief fundamental Christian act is to listen to God's word preached. Right. My so goodness. it's which, you know, I think happens quite a bit in a pew if you have pews at your church. 
Uh, we just got new Wait, pews I was going to name a church Lutheran. called. I heard about it. you guys got the new pews, the new fancy pews. Yeah, they're, they're so fancy because they got cushions. Which I That's what dad said. That's what, <laughs> old dad said. He got we got the new fancy we got cushions there. So now that you could preach for another 5 minutes and people won't feel it. Right, right. You can preach longer. But although theology glory I I think that pews with cushions is a sure sign that a guy has adopted a theology of glory. Church growth. That's right. Um in fact, we were going to put on our church sign. We now have padded pews. <laughs> that is awesome. How about your pew? Your your should be something like Come sit down to exercise your faith. You know, we 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 picked up these pews from a from a church in Eugene. We were driving them home, hooked up a, a trailer to the back of my pickup, and we had a bunch of pews. And the greatest part of the whole trip was when a motorcyclist passed us while he was uh, holding his nose. Because your pews were so stinky. Because <laughs> they're pews. How do you exegete pew. the whole held nose pew? So you're, you're oh. <laughs> oh, man. I should have known. I didn't recognize the pun. It was too long of a you need, setup. You need, <laughs> you need more church signs. If you don't get the pun, you need more church I signs. I know. <laughs> anyway. Our theology stinks. Join our pews. Something like that. All right. I got another one for you. This is a church sign. Go something like this. This is David in Arkansas. I have two church signs to report to you. One is at the Baptist Church here, and it says, uh, by grace you can be saved. And then just down the street a couple days later, the Missouri Wow, wait, stop, stop. That's phenomenal. That is a, do you see the editing of the words of God to fit the theology? Ah, oh, glory. <laughs> By faith, because what does the scripture say? By faith we are saved. Are, are. But this says by faith you can be saved, which is just, this is like the perfect proof of my theory that the four spiritual laws make salvation into a possibility. They destroy the certainty of faith, and now faith becomes possible for the one who would believe. Well, oh. I mean, it just, just that the sentence is now so oxymoronic. So it says, by grace you can be saved. Well, if it just sets out salvation as a potential then what role does grace play i mean it, yeah. so so that there's something left to be fulfilled in order for salvation to take place which means grace is a really crappy form of grace <laughs> you know i mean uh, grace is no grace at all you got to go to the grace factory outlet and get a bulk <laughs> supply of grace if you want to if you want to make it out of your hole of sin yeah yeah my yeah. goodness <laughs> <laughs> that is just absolutely stuff. I mean, this is, you know, you read the four spiritual laws and it says that God, the cross makes a way for us to be saved. It's a way. It's now salvation becomes potential, but it's up to you. It's now you got to decide. You, re- you got to receive. You got to cast your vote, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. So you want to hear the rest of this? Because the rest of it's pretty good. Okay. Okay. The Missouri Senate. Luther- oh, 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 let me back it up a little bit because you ruined everything. Says- uh, by grace, you can be saved. And then just down the street, a couple days later, the Missouri Senate Lutheran Church put a sign up that says, by grace, you have been saved. <laughs> ah, yeah, church sign wars. The great church sign war of 2018. I love it. <laughs> can you, I mean, good for them, though. I mean, g- 
good grief to to actually take a Bible passage and change words so that it fits your theology. Lord have mercy. Right. That's right. All right. Well, Lord have mercy indeed. When we get back from this break, have a few more bumper stickers for you. And then, uh, I don't know, we're going to try and get some buzzwords in, maybe. I'm going to sneak it in. Pastor Wolfner's not going to notice. Give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA. Or if you prefer to email, you can email questions at tabletalkradio.org. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is most certainly true. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. All right, last segment of the program. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Where we are going through your church signs and your bumper stickers, and we have a few more bumper stickers. Uh, yeah, just bumper stickers from here on out. Uh, did you? Did, uh, this is a funny thing that um, I saw this website one time where it was the Catholic Church and the oh, yeah, Presbyterian yeah. Church going back and forth about all dogs go to heaven. Did you? Did you? Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, okay. Well, then I'm not going to tell you about it because you've seen it already. I'm not going to be that guy. Well, not only only have I seen it before, but you've actually told us about it here on this program. But it's still fitting because uh, you know how every show we have a new listener because no one listens twice? So do you want to tell our listener this this thing or do you want to just go on? Well, I'll find it on the interwebs here. Okay, you find it. I'll keep playing some bumper stickers. This This is probably my favorite pun of the bumper sticker category. You ready for it? Yeah. Bumper sticker. My karma just ran over your dogma. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I mean, this is a problem with that great bumper sticker. I've seen that too, and it's like the the <laughs> whoever made that bumper sticker is capitalizing on the the fact that people who don't know what karma means yes <laughs> i mean the message behind it i mean even just to think my karma ran over your dogma is to in fact invite upon yourself bad karma <laughs> and you know by by the way here's a weird thing here's a weird phenomenon in our in our in our great age of spiritualism and that is that we hear the word dogma and we think dogma oh no and then we hear and we hear karma, and we're like, ah, karma, that's nice. Karma is all law. I mean, car- if a Christian preached karma, they would be mocked for being, for, for being what? For being uh, closed-minded, intolerant. The karma says that the universe has a law, that, that the universe punishes you for breaking its laws, and you don't even get to know what those laws are. Can you, ima- can you imagine if I just replace universe with God? And said, "Hey, God punishes you for breaking the laws that you don't even know about. Uh, that you immediately suffer for uh, the the wrath of God for doing any bad thing. I mean, this is the very thing about that. The this is the false understanding about Christianity that those people who are spiritual are trying to to escape. And it's like 
you know, it's for out of the frying pan into the fire. Because if there's anything that's a works righteous, wicked legalism, it's it's this Eastern idea of karma. Well, well, break it down for us. I mean, set aside the person who just found the pun uh, amusing. Uh, what is the bumper sticker actually saying? Because okay, so we can be anti dogma, which for a lot of people means you're anti believing in something that someone has told you. Uh, so it's kind of the right. brainwash idea. But but what's the insistence upon karma? I mean, what what what's the value system that says I, I want to be judged on the basis of my works at the end of life to be reincarnated into something else? Yeah, that's the, but that's see. So what you they mean by that is what karma means. But what most people mean by karma is vague spirituality, and what they mean by dogma is 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 assertions. You know, so my I don't want to. I'm moving from I'm I'm spiritual, not religious. I'm karma, not dogma. I'm mm. I'm peaceful, not violent, warmongering, dogmatic, close-minded. Meanie pants, Christian. <laughs> it's always meanie pants, huh? Um, mm. Right. Uh, I think another way that people think of karma is just uh, what goes around comes around. You get what you pay for. Got a you made your bed now. You got to lay in it, kind of a thing. Uh, there's a whole host of like a category of videos on YouTube of instant karma. So like you have like a bully making fun of a guy and then he falls into a hole or. You know, a, a guy passes someone and almost kills him, and then there's a copper there to get pulls him over, and gets a ticket. You know, so instant karma is like, ah, the the bad th- you were doing something bad, and something happened to you right away. I know, but do you see how legalistic that is? <laughs> karma and Eastern religion is is legalistic. Your I, I want to make a bumper sticker that says your karma is legalism, <laughs> cloaked in mysticism. Yeah. <laughs> My dogma. How is- about that? Promises. <laughs> My dogma is chasing your karma, buddy. That's a, it's the same thing that happens. Would say we don't have a we don't have a belief statement. We have a mission statement. It's just going from gospel to law. It's all law. It's law, law, law. Everywhere but we love we the law. But yeah, as I said, we shouldn't be so surprised at this. I mean, of course we love the law. I mean, we we what's that? What's that thing? The opinio legis. That we, that, oh, yeah, that's the thing I can hardly ever remember, the opinio <laughs> legis. We, we, we intrinsically want to be law people rather than gospel people. We, we, see, it, it's the inverse of the conscience, so that uh, we know that our conscience tells us that it's by my sin, by my bad behavior, by my doing, that keeps me out of heaven. And so we assume by the opinio legis the opinion of the law says that I must be able to do good things then to, to, to do things, do the law to get into heaven. But it does it's it doesn't work that way. It's not a two way street. That switch does not flip should, both ways. You should have made the opinion legus your theological buzzword. That's a good one. I was reading about the opinion legus in the book of Job. Ah, uh. <laughs> Uh, You're like, uh, I'm so disgusted by that terrible use of buzzword. Uh, <laughs> that was awful. It is true that the those Bill Dad and those guys are all about the opinio legos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now, there, there will be a fishing uh, out of I want to read to you these church signs. 500 points. Our Lady of Martyrs Catholic Church says, all dogs go to heaven. Bula... 
Cumberland Presbyterian Church says, only humans go to heaven, read the Bible. <laughs> Catholic Church says, God loves all his creation, dogs included. Presbyterian Church says, dogs don't have souls, this is not open for debate. <laughs> Our Lady of Martyrs says, Catholic dogs go to heaven, Presbyterian dogs can talk to their pastor. Bahula, dogs, Bahula says, converting to Catholicism does not magically grant your dog a soul. Catholic Church says, free dog souls with conversion. <laughs> Bahula Presbyterian Church says, dogs are animals. There aren't any rocks in heaven either. The Catholic Church says, all rocks go to heaven. <laughs> I think whoever's ever doing the Catholic Church signs had more of a sense of humor. <laughs> I do, too. Less theology. <laughs> Uh, yep. More humor. Yep. Like Table Talk Radio. That's right. <laughs> All right. I got That's another funny. one. Was that the end of the okay. church sign war? Sure. Okay. Here's another uh, set of bumper stickers or bumper sticker. I don't know. Hello, Table Talk Radio. This is Kristen. I am calling from Southwest Virginia, and I saw a Ford in a Walmart parking lot with two bumper stickers. One of them said, I'm Christian and I vote. And the other one set was a an American flag, and the stars were organized in the way that it spelled out "pray." So have fun crunching those. Bye. All right, thank you for that. All right, so I'm, I'm Christian, Christian and I vote. And I vote. This lady is completely defying our demographic, which is normally fifty to fifty three year old men. <laughs> I was so surprised that. It was such a kind-sounding, nice lady's voice there on the other end of the radio show. We should probably be nice. I mean... Oh, are we going to comfort the child I'm just now? just uh, assuming that it's a bunch of old grumpy guys listening. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm particularly interested in the one that's an American flag with pray stars. And this it is... It is true that we... St. Paul says that we should pray for our leaders... In First Timothy chapter three, or right around that neighborhood, and or chapter two, let holy men at uh, every time raise their hands, praying, and, and that's where we get the idea that we could live a peaceable, godly, and peaceable life in all quiet, in all how does it go, uh, in all quietness and honesty. Is that how it says it? I should mm, look at the Bible no. here. Probably not. But so we are commanded by the scriptures to pray for those who are in authority. But I, you think I that's what that means? what's okay, maybe, but. What's interesting here is that the image that is used to give this imperative to pray is the symbol of our nation of our nation's flag so that when we're uh, 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 the, talk about the separation between church and state so that <laughs> so that normally uh, we can we can be Christian and we can be patriotic that those two things are not mutually exclusive. But now you have this American flag that with its stars spelled out pray, which I don't know. That's not really saying anything, but you can only draw implications from it. But it seems to be saying, look, we're, we're to, to be an American means that you're going to be one who's praying. That you can't, I mean, to, uh, to, to be... A, a citizen of this country means that you should be one who is praying. But I mean... Listen, I, I am a pastor. I, I uh, preach the gospel. I think all people should repent of their sins and believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet at the same time, as an American, uh, this country does 
defend the rights of people to believe other things. I mean, so there is there is a bit of an irony in this bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless it's trying to say pray to your respective gods, which would seem to be a contradiction of the first part. I'm Christian and I vote. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. Anyway, that's it. We that's all the time we have. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like the liturgy of the United Thanks States. Thanks for listening flag. to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Did you get, see Please what I did consult there? your see pastor before listening to Table well, Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and emergency to include sentences like a chronic injury, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to find a Calvinist on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.